Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Today's Healthy You podcast deals with communication. At some point, we all struggle to understand others, or we may feel misunderstood ourselves. So join us to learn effective communication strategies and avoid common pitfalls that can get us into trouble. Um, well, hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, our first uh, what we call hug, which is a healthy you gathering. And uh, it's going to be a series of topics kind of uh, designed to help us um, have better relationships. And um, we're going to start with uh, the topic of communication, which pretty much everybody um, would say that they would like to have better communication in relationships, to have better communication skills. So we're going to hit on a few things today. Um, you can follow along on your PowerPoint, um, and I will let you know when I'm moving to a uh, another slide. So we're on, on the uh, first slide. As I move to the second one, uh, what do we hope to learn? Well, there's five things that we would like to learn. One is to identify ways of communication. Some communication is healthy. Uh, some is unhealthy, as we could probably all attest to, and some is neutral. It's just information that is being communicated. So we will talk about um, the three different ways uh, that we would like to communicate. We're also going to recognize how to listen. Uh, there are different ways to listen. Um, sometimes people learn to listen to understand somebody, and then other times we um, are listening so we can respond. And what we want to learn how to do is more of the understanding than the responding. Um, and that ties into the third thing that we hope to learn, which is to understand the power of validation. And uh, I'll define validation, go into what that means and why that's important uh, when you are communicating with somebody. Uh, the fourth thing we hope to learn is to uh, be equipped with what we would call I language. Uh, a lot of times when we communicate, um, we do a lot of finger pointing, if, especially if we have conflict um, and a lot of use, you this, you that, you make me. And what we want to learn how to do is kind of turn it back towards uh, ourselves and start using things like I choose, I decide, I need, I want. And um, that's going to be a healthier way of communicating with other people. And then the last thing that we hope to learn is next steps to healthy communication. Uh, if we are in relationship with folks, how do we take what we've learned today and say, okay, here's going to be uh, our next step. So uh, as we move to the next slide, we see a, a definition of communication. Uh, Oxford says it is the imparting or the exchanging of information or news. Um, and the actual word originated with the verb, which was communicare, which is a kind of a word we don't use now, but it basically means to share. So when you think about 
communication, and it's starting with C-O, co means two, is we want it to be a, a two-way street. Um, we're hoping that in healthy ways of communication, if you think of it as a highway, there are cars going each way. And so you're hoping that it continues to be that way, is that both people are imparting or exchanging information. Now, that information can be very personal. Uh, it can be how you feel. It can be uh, about uh, things that have happened within a relationship that are not good, that need to be addressed. But it can also just be, hey, here's some information. Here's some news, um, like a boss talking to an employee to say, hey, this is what I need you to do. This is your job description for the day. Um, but what we're hoping in our more personal relationships is that it comes back to this word communicare, which means to share. And, and when we share something, if you think of a child sharing something, um, there's a little bit of a sense of vulnerability of when you are uh, opening yourself up to say, hey, I want to share this about me. But also you are uh, telling the other person that they're important enough that you want to share something with them, that you want to give something to them. Uh, your next slide, how do we communicate? Um, a lot of studies say that uh, three-fourths of how we communicate is nonverbal. Um, on your slide, you see that it says 70 to 93% uh, is nonverbal. And uh, for those of you who grew up with um, mothers who could communicate with a look, um, I know that um, uh, the way that my mother turned her head would let me and my siblings know that we had uh, better straighten up because we had done something we shouldn't have. Uh, with my father, it was uh, an eyebrow that was lifted, and you could tell that something was happening uh, in the next few moments, um, that if I didn't make a change, uh, something was going to go wrong for me. Um, so we want to look at... Um, you know, how are we communicating with our facial gestures? Um, it's very well known that uh, when a baby is born and his parents or loved ones begin to smile, you will see the baby, the, the baby smile back. And that is a um, ingrained kind of thing. And so we pick up on this uh, without the other person having to say anything. Uh, verbally. Uh, also, eye contact. And again, depending on social norms and cultural norms, eye contact is usually a good thing. Uh, obviously, you don't want to stare at people. Um, but the way that we communicate um, respect a lot of ways is, is uh, by giving eye contact. Um, our body posture says a lot about um, how we are feeling about the communication that we're having or the person in front of us, um, you know, leaning forward just a little bit can make a, a big difference. Um, but also, you know, you see this in movies and such where the person is slouching. Um, that also communicates that, hey, I'm not really interested in this. Um, the folding of the arms, uh, although it's possible you could be in a room where it's cold. Um, a lot of times that is a sign that, hey, I'm not open to you. And, um, in counseling, a lot of times um, when people are getting their degree in counseling, uh, they learn how to do something called mirroring, which is, uh, and you see this a lot with crisis intervention and such, if you see somebody who's very um, closed off and, and maybe they have their arms folded and you 
meet them where they are in the same sort of body posture. And as you begin to open up, you can help them to open up because you are mirroring uh, where they are, but then also where you're trying to get, which is uh, uh, this idea of, of having um, or having open uh, communication and have my posture uh, be open. Um, touch is another way that we communicate. Um, you know, touch can be a very positive thing, a tender touch when someone uh, has lost someone um, or has gone through uh, a hard time. Um, also, if there's been an argument or conflict and you're trying to come back together, a hug a lot of times or a handshake is a, is a good way to um, reestablish um, uh, mutual respect with somebody. Uh, but also touch can be hurtful. It can be painful. And so sometimes people are hesitant to touch because of, of uh, past histories. And so we want to be aware of that. And then also space. Um, you know, a lot of cultures are around the world have different um, norms on space. In America, four to six feet is a normal amount of space. And you're communicating, um, you know, kind of a neutral stance with someone. Um, if you s stand too close to somebody and they don't know you, it can feel threatening. Uh, if someone is too far away, it can feel like they're distant. And so... Um, all of those things, facial gestures, eye contact, body posture, touch, and space, are communicating things um, that aren't necessarily good or bad, um, but they could be. And so what I say to people a lot of times is just pay attention to those things. You don't have to make an assessment of those things, but you definitely want to be aware of that. And if, like, for instance, you're normally four to six feet apart and someone's really far away from you, uh, you know, you may want to ask some questions about, hey, what's going on? Or if you notice they're not making eye contact, you may want to um, talk about that and say, hey, is there something that, you know, we do need to, to talk about and make um, uh, make it verbal communication versus nonverbal? Um, the next slide, there's actually a uh, link <clears throat> to a video called The Me Monster. It's a comedian by the name of Brian Regan. And um, we're not going to actually listen to it on the podcast, but uh, it's worth taking a look at. Um, and it's very funny, but it's also very telling. And basically what he says is that, you know, what is it about the human condition that we want to one-up everybody? And so he talks about how if you're at a party or you're at a gathering and you start to talk about something, people have a tendency to jump in and try to one-up you. And so he talks about going to the dentist and how he had teeth removed and people come in and talk about having more teeth removed. And then he kind of ends that time with this idea of uh, he would like to... Um, uh, be one of the few people that was on the moon. And so if somebody is bragging or talking about themselves, then you would have the ability to say, well, you know, I've, I've been on the moon kind of thing. So uh, you can recognize some of that maybe in yourself or in the people that are close to you. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to kind of combat that with, hey, how do we how do we establish some patterns that maybe are healthy if we do recognize um, unhealthy communication? So uh, the next slide is how do we communicate verbally? And so uh, I'm going to talk about three ways. There's there's different ways that you can categorize that. But um, uh, the, the three ways that we can communicate verbally are, are talking to someone 
talking at someone, and then what we're looking for is talking with someone. Uh, the first one, talking to someone, is is not necessarily negative. It could be very neutral. It could be just information. Um, I have to give you directions somewhere, or um, I have to uh, tell you how to fill this form out. And so a lot of times when we talk to someone, if you just want to visualize uh, just two people standing in front of each other, and there's just a communication where, hey, I'm giving you some information uh, it does not require that you necessarily um, talk back. It doesn't necessarily require we have a conversation. I'm just giving you some information. And so for those of you that are parents, you may want to, uh, a good way to think about this is when you are telling your um, maybe your teenager, hey, this is what needs to be done before I get home from work. And it's a list. You know, clean your room, clean your bathroom, take the trash out, empty the um um, you know, dishwasher, those kinds of things. Uh, it, now, you could say it in a negative way, but for the sake of what we're talking about, it's just giving information. Uh, talking at someone, if you want to put your hands in front of you and maybe your hands are side by side, lift your left hand up and lower your right hand, and now you have this idea of how you talk at someone. It's a very um, one-sided conversation. Uh, a lot of times communicating at someone is when we're angry. Um, and so a lot of times when we're angry, we're not really open to somebody else talking uh, with us. And so we talk at someone. And a lot of times we talk, we're going to talk about this in a, in a few minutes, this idea of the I language goes away and it becomes more like you did this and you weren't here. And um, it could be directly connected to when you did talk to someone. So I know, for instance, growing up when my uh, parents would leave for the day and we would have a list uh, sometimes my mother would talk at us when she got home because we didn't do any of the things that were on our list. And so um, it's not necessarily um, like abusive when people talk at you, but it's very difficult to have a conversation when that's happening. And so if I find myself having a lot of talking at someone then what I really want to do is kind of start taking a look inside and say, okay, what's going on here? And it could be a lack of respect. It could be, again, like when we grew up, uh, not doing what we were told. And so there was kind of a consequence to that. Um, it still doesn't foster uh what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is validation. It's, it's not going to foster a mutually respective relationship. What it's going to do is it's going to um, stay at a level where there's not really any way to have a conversation. The last way that we communicate verbally is what we're looking for, which is when we talk with someone. And uh, using this idea of the two-lane road, traffic is going on a two-lane road both ways. And so what we would like to do when we communicate with someone uh, verbally is that there is um, an openness to the other person responding. Interesting um, research has been done on the way that men and women talk. Uh, women have a tendency to talk with each other at the same time, whereas men have a tendency to talk with each other one at a time. So if you watch men have a conversation, a lot of times a man will talk, the other man will be quiet. And then when he's finished, then the other person will talk and take his turn. Women have a tendency to talk at the same time. And that's why a lot of times men and women struggle with communication because 
uh, the wife or the female in the relationship is talking and then saying to the husband or the, the, the man, why are you not engaged? And the man will say a lot of times in response, I was just waiting for you to finish. And when you talk to women, a lot of times they'll say, well, I just feel like he's not interested. He's not responding. And the man's saying, no, I'm just being respectful and giving you a chance to talk and then I'll talk. On the flip side, when men are talking and they're expecting that uh, the wife or the female in the in the relationship will wait for him to finish and she jumps in and starts to respond to him, a lot of times the, the man will get quiet because we are wired a little different than females and he's expecting her to wait for him to finish and when she jumps in he stops and then she's like oh and then what you have a lot of times and i've seen this in counseling is well she always interrupts me and she's like well you know i thought we were having a conversation and so i would just encourage you the next time you're out to lunch somewhere if you see a group of women together watch you'll probably see them talking over each other at the same time and everybody's fine and with men a lot of times you will see them taking their turns one at a time but uh, the idea of talking with someone is what we're shooting for is is that you want to communicate to the other person that they have value and that you do want response from them. So going back to parents with with um, their children, um, you know, how many of you have had conversations with your uh, teenager and you say something to the extent of how was school today? And the answer you get is a grunt or you get fine. Well, they feel like they're being talked to or at, and so they have a tendency not to respond in the way that we as parents would want. A good way to talk with someone is to, to ask more how questions. How was your day? Uh, or tell me something exciting about your day. Or, um, you know, what was the highlight of your day? We used to do this with my oldest daughter, and the highlight was always lunch, which was fine. But then when I would ask her, well, what was great about lunch, she would actually start to go, well, nothing really, because we had fish sticks. And so it really wasn't the highlight, but I just don't really want to talk about school. Okay, well, what about school makes you not want to talk about it? And eventually we got to the point where she would begin to tell us about, you know, something that wasn't great or a struggle that she was having. But what we were trying to model for her was we want to talk with you and we want you to participate in that. And then what we found was as she got older, it began to become more and more. And that's what that's what you're shooting for when you're communicating with someone uh, verbally. If you go to the next slide. You'll see uh, something I call God's guidance, which in this case is Ephesians 4.15, which it says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. And so in that scripture, speaking the truth in love means that we are speaking with somebody. And so when we do that, we are becoming mature Christians. And so if you think about that, the next time you're going to have a communication with someone saying, hey, is this the truth in love? Uh, and the truth could just be, I value you. It doesn't have to be that there's a big problem going on, but hey, am I doing that in love? As a believer, uh, as a Christian, we want our uh, desire to be based in love uh, because that's what God is and that's who he is. So uh, you'll see those as we go through. Um, I've put a, a few of those, um, what I call God's guidance, uh, into the um, slideshow. 
So the next slide deals with listening. And I said this earlier, uh, there's two ways to listen. We either listen to respond or we listen to understand. Uh, listening to respond is uh, probably the most um, common one. Most of us do this without realizing it. We uh, the There was a little study done many, many years ago that said that the average person stops listening to someone else who's talking uh, in seven seconds. And so what they're doing is, is after that, they are thinking about how they're going to respond. So if you've ever been um, offended by something that somebody said, um, it probably happened. There's probably a moment where you clicked inside of you where you were like, okay, I'm not listening to this person anymore because I'm going to respond to what they said. Um, what we want to learn how to do is we want to listen to understand. So going back to, again, parents talking with children or even a husband and wife talking, um, a lot of times it goes something like this. Um, hey, I asked you, wife to a husband, hey, I asked you to take the trash out. Did you take the trash out? Now, that could be a simple talking to somebody. But the husband says, no, I worked all day just like you did. Well, you can see that that's probably going to turn into an argument if they're not careful because the husband is responding as opposed to understanding, which takes a little more time, but we can train ourselves to do this. When I'm listening to understand, I'm trying to figure out why somebody is in the mood they're in or what they mean by what they're saying. Um, many times we get into trouble because we assume that we know what somebody meant when they say something. Um, and so, again, uh, if somebody's in a bad mood and they're having a hard day and they come at you, it doesn't mean that it's okay that they talked at you. But if you listen to understand, it's something as simple as, um, hey, tell me more about that. Or can you tell me what you meant by that? Um, Help me understand. You can say that. Help me understand what you mean by that. Because when we feel understood, when we feel listened to, and I'm going to talk about validation, when we feel validated in what we're saying, we have a tendency to talk with somebody. Um, you know, and how many people have uh, been offended by something, something went wrong, and it built up all day? And then you get home and you go to talk to somebody or somebody's coming to talk to you and you're, you're ready to, to let them have it. And that's probably because I'm waiting for my uh, opportunity to respond to you instead of go, okay, let me give a little more time and a little more effort to understanding why you said what you said. And really what you're trying to accomplish and what matters to you in this conversation. We have lost a little bit of this because a lot of our communication is um, texting and by email. And so um, I'm sure there are people who have misinterpreted the tone of a text or an email. Uh, whereas it's a little bit harder to do that when um, there's a, a verbal response to something or there's a verbal communication. And, um, you know, what we talked about earlier about nonverbal communication, when we're, when we're looking at someone in the face, we see their eyes, we see their body posture. Um, 
that will tell you a lot of what's going on. But if I get a text that says from my boss that says, hey, can you call me as soon as you get this? Well, my mind could go to a million different places. I've done something wrong. I'm going to get fired. He's been in a car wreck. Who, who knows what happened? And I don't know that. And so my mind can take me to different places. Whereas if I say, hey, I'm going to listen to understand. And so do my best to suspend any assumptions and just go ahead and, and make the call or make the, the text back and say, sure, let's, let's go ahead and talk. So um, what I would propose to you is that if we learn this one skill of everything we talk about today, if we learn this one skill and we learn how to understand and we start listening to understand, I think our communication um, health, if you want to call it that, will go through the roof. Because a lot of times when people feel understood, whatever was causing the conflict kind of takes care of itself sometimes because that's actually the issue. The issue is, is I don't feel understood. Uh, the next slide is another of God's guidance, and this time it's James 1.19. And it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so what I would say is those three things are probably connected. Uh, if we're quick to listen, and you've probably heard this before, we have two ears and one mouth, so we should be listening twice as much as we talk. But being slow to speak, that's the hard part because sometimes we want to get our uh, point of view out quickly. But how many of us have probably um, avoided an argument because we took a deep breath and we listened instead of speaking. Um, and, and I think those are connected to becoming angry. A lot of times we become angry um, because we don't feel like we're being listened to. And so if God is telling us, hey, this is some good guidance to take, then maybe even asking God, God, will you help me today to be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to become angry? Um, and then watch and see what happens. There may be a situation where you have a chance to become angry, but you don't because you didn't speak and you were quicker to listen than you usually were. Um, the next slide is, is validation. And what validation does is it's two things. You are extending value and dignity to somebody. And the reason why we do that is because God made us all. And when he made us, he said we were very good. So our, our value and our dignity doesn't come from our behavior. It's inherent. Um, it's because God made us. And God's the one that, that gives the value and dignity. And then we, since we are Christ's ambassadors, we are supposed to uh, do the same thing. And even though we may disagree with somebody, we can still value them as a human being and we can give dignity. It's amazing how um, just being kind to somebody, uh, being nice, uh, being respectful can change the whole dynamic of uh, a communication that's about to happen. Uh, that other part of the slide, it does not necessarily mean that you agree. Um, I can value and dignify someone that I disagree with. Uh, and to me, that's personally, that's, that's missing in our world. That's missing especially in, with our leaders. Uh, it's missing in our political landscape. Um, and so I think uh, as believers, as the church, we have the ability to be the example. We have the ability to say, this is how you do it. 
uh, as opposed to somebody else having to uh, be the one that goes uh, first. And so how do I extend value and dignity? Well, it's just what we talked about. We learn how to, to in our nonverbal communication, we learn how to be respectful. Uh, and we, we look for opportunities to communicate with somebody, and we look for opportunities to um, listen to understand as opposed to listening to respond. Uh, here's another God's guidance. If you go to the next slide, Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And if we're honest, we've all been fools at some point. Um, but it says they don't find pleasure in understanding. You know, you ever had a time in your life where you just really did not want to take the time to understand somebody else? Or even when they explained it, it really, you're like, well, that doesn't matter to me. And a lot of times it's because we're mad or because we're upset or because, as this scripture says, we want to air our own opinions. You know, um, I've often heard that um, uh, people don't really like other people's sense of humor, but they want other people to like their sense of humor. And so a lot of times that's because they're delighting in airing their own opinions. Um Whereas maybe, just maybe, our communication style could change if we really took pleasure in understanding. Because there's, you know, I used to uh, I used to be a teacher and administrator and a coach uh, before I became a pastor, and there was something really cool about watching a student or an athlete understand something and it click and they get it. Um, and there's a lot of pleasure in that, I think. I think as a teacher, you know, and, and hopefully as a parent, if you're a parent out there, that you take pleasure in getting some understanding, you know, because when people begin to share things with you, uh, that's an important time to be, again, present and let that person know that, hey, what you're saying matters to me. And uh, it's more important than me giving my own opinion. Uh, the next slide is talking about the, the I language and the I statements. And so learning how to really advocate for yourself. But you're also taking ownership. Um, a lot of times in marriage counseling, people will say, you know, she makes me or he makes me so angry. And what I do is I say, can we change that to say I choose to get angry? And, you know, sometimes people look at me in a strange way but what we're doing is, is we're learning how to take ownership. It doesn't mean that you like what the person did, but the person can't make you do anything unless, you know, they've got your arm behind your back kind of thing. So when you start learning how to say, I feel, I can, I want, I need, you're, that's actually a healthy communication style because you are, you're getting more in touch with yourself. You're getting more in touch with what's happening on the inside of you. And if something is missing in a relationship, you say, hey, you know, I need uh, your support in this, or I feel neglected, I feel alone, um, as opposed to you abandoned me, you're never here for me. Because what happens when people use you statements is um, people defend themselves, right? If you tell me that I did something wrong, I'm probably going to try to defend myself. Whereas if you are telling me, hey, I need uh, your support, 
Now it's given me some understanding if I've listened to understand, and it gives me an opportunity to say, okay, how can I enter into that so we can communicate with each other? If you can envision someone talking at you and saying, you didn't do this, you have a tendency to say, yes, I did. Whereas if someone says, I need this, okay, how can I help? And so we want to learn to incorporate um, I statements more than you statements. Um, The next slide, again, is another God's guidance, and this is Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And the reason why I included that is um, this is advocating for ourselves. This is advocating for our needs. So when we approach God's throne, um, we're going to get two things, mercy and grace. And so it doesn't have anything to do with the other person. So if I'm having a hard time with communication uh, patterns with other people, I'm still going to God to say, God, help me. I need help with how I communicate with my wife, with, uh, with my spouse, with my kids, with my boss, with my coworkers, with my friends. And what you find is, is that God says, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you both mercy and grace. And uh, it's interesting to think about those two words. Uh, because mercy is not getting what you deserve, i.e. Um, being pulled over <clears throat> and um, uh, speeding and the cop giving you a warning instead of a ticket. Well, that's mercy. Um, and we know mercy as a, you know, at a higher level is um, the fact that we have sinned and we are separated from God. And so we get mercy from God. But grace is giving you what you didn't deserve, like you didn't earn it, but God gives it to you. And so his righteousness that comes from Jesus is is the grace part. Well, if in my communication style with someone, if I can model what I'm seeing here in Hebrews, then we're both giving mercy and grace to each other at the same time. And I think what then what we find is, is we have a much better uh, chance of having healthy communication styles, less arguments, more feeling of, hey, that was a good conversation. Because if you have a um, pattern of having bad communication styles, then you'll stop communicating. Because you're like, well, I don't want to do that. Every time we do, I get yelled at or I get told I did something wrong or it goes poorly. Why would I want to continue to do that, right? Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. So let's start looking to God. And I love what this says is you can go with confidence and that he's going to help. Um, So the next slide has three things talks about our focus. It talks about solutions to problems and my next step. Now, what does that mean? What that means is um, if I am having a communication issue with somebody, I'm using the word our because I want it to be inclusive of the other person or a group and say, okay, what is our focus? Because sometimes we have 50 different things that we're trying to talk about and it leads to... um, great book called Thanks for the Feedback by Sheila Heen. And um, she says in that it's called um, basically train spotting. And it's two trains are crossing each other and someone jumps from one train to another. And that happens in our conversation sometimes. So we're talking about the fact, let's go back to this idea of the husband not taking the trash out. So the husband didn't take the trash out even though the wife had asked him 
And his response is to say, well, you never um, empty the dishwasher. Well, what's happened now is our focus has gotten shifted, and now what we're doing is we're just lobbing grenades at each other about what the other person didn't do, and we're complaining, and it becomes very negative-based. What we want to do is we want to stay focused on what the issue is. Um, We can certainly talk about the other issues later, but let's just keep our focus on this one thing. And then what we're doing is we're looking for solutions. We want a solution to the problem. So let's start brainstorming. Let's start thinking about what we could do differently. Um, And in that solution, if each person says, okay, what's my next step? It's never just the other person's responsibility or mine. It's both of ours. And that's why we want to communicate with each other. So if we can keep our focus on the issue at hand and start looking at some solutions and maybe even apply some of those solutions, but I walk away with a step. I I can't fix the whole thing, but what's my next step? Because what's interesting is, is if you add several steps and they're healthy steps, that ends up becoming the solution to your problem. Now, we want it all at once. But sometimes it takes time. And remember, most of our communication issues didn't happen overnight. Therefore, they're not going to be fixed overnight, but they can get better. And if we have what Carolyn Dweck calls a growth mindset, then we take a lot of um, joy in the fact that we are growing and it keeps us growing as opposed to it's got to be perfect. And so that is something that that we definitely want to focus on. What's our focus? What's the solution or solutions to our problems? And then what's going to be the next step? God's guidance is your next slide, Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Um, Some of our hugs later are going to talk about forgiveness and reconciliation. What's interesting about this scripture is as much as it depends on you. It doesn't mean that all people are going to be at peace with you, but you can do your best to be at peace with them. And the, the reason why we can be at peace is because Jesus said he left us his peace. And so let's work on, God, how can I be at peace with the people in my life today? It's a simple prayer you could ask um, each morning. Um, And at this time, if you were in class, um, we have some reflection questions, and um, those reflection questions are actually um, in the email uh, that you have received, or if you're online looking at the... um, at the podcast information. So if you're doing this with some other folks, you can certainly go over those questions. They're very simple. It's just a way to kind of reflect back upon uh, what we talked about today. And um, also, if there are any prayer requests that you may have as a result of this, or if you want to take some steps, um, there'll be some information at the end where you can get in touch with um, Care Ministries. And so uh, I just want to thank you for um, spending some time with me today. And um, I pray that you can use these, uh, these things that we talked about and um, have some healthier um, communication styles. So with that, God bless, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. 
And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.